Welcome to Talent Show, the podcast for C-suite leaders and HR professionals from Canada's leading workplace media brand, Talent Canada. I am Todd Humber, publisher and a journalist who has been covering the workplace for more than two decades. Joining us today is a special guest I've had the privilege of knowing for years, Dr. Bill Howitt. Bill is an internationally known Canadian expert in workplace mental health and one of the founders of the Psychologically Safe Workplace Awards. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Psychologically Safe Workplace Awards, a national evidence-based annual competition that measures the employee experience with respect to workplace mental health. Sponsored by GreenShield Canada, Workplace Safety and Prevention Services, along with our partners at the University of New Brunswick, the Mental Health Commission of Canada, this cutting edge program is well worth checking out. Visit psychologicallysafeworkplace.com for more information including a cool two minute video that explains the process. Now on to our show. So Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, You're a smart guy. You've had, or I should say, you're you're having a a great professional career. Um, There's a lot of things that you could have spent your time on. So why did you choose mental health and particularly why workplace mental health? Uh, Well, thanks Todd, welcome. And thank you for having this conversation with me. Great question. Uh, I probably know different than a lot of people who are in the space of mental health. I won't speak for all of us, but perhaps it's from some personal experience in our life that got us intrigued. Uh, my personal experience, and I'll spare you all the detail, is I'm the kid who grew up in the foster home. I'm the kid who was adopted. I'm the kid who failed grade two. I'm the kid who couldn't read or write till they were 18 years old. I'm the kid who struggled with ADHD and a learning disability and anxiety. And I and I was fascinated by how I was able to thrive with the support systems and, and, you know, still to this day with support systems. And just started to realize that this concept of mental illness and mental health, I never really was able to deal with my mental illness until I got my mental health. And unless you sit and reflect on that or have some experiences, it's hard for people to fathom because I don't think we're broken when we have mental illnesses. I believe what we what happens, Todd, is the impairment for mental illness for me is pretty simple. It's the impairments around intrapersonal disruption, meaning our thoughts and our feelings and where they come from and their neurochemicals, sure. And that that we learn through our experience how to regulate our unpleasant emotions. That's mental health. So as we improve our mental health, and I had that experience as a human being that got me intrigued that you can actually, with support, learn how to do this. And it's a lifetime journey. I wouldn't say by any means I have all this mental health stuff figured out for myself, but I've worked in this area for over 30 plus years. I started out in the world of mental health, working with young offenders, counseling. Started that when I was 22. So I've been at this stuff for over 30 years, 35 years. I'm supposed to say over 25, I guess now, so I don't age myself. Right, for sure. And, and I will say, Bill, like, you know, obviously we have partnered together, uh, being, you know, Talent Canada and OHS Canada to launch the Psychologically Safe Workplace Awards, yeah. which, you know, as a journalist, it, it's kind of one of the, the most interesting um, projects that I've got to do in my career. So, uh, you know, obviously there are a lot of benefits to to looking at workplace mental health as a leader, um, as an HR professional. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering if, if you can kind of walk through 
you know, the, the process of actually applying for, for these awards, right? Because this is not a, a nominate yourself type of program. It's not a vanity awards competition. Um, it's a lot more comprehensive. And frankly, you know, it's in my opinion, anyway, it's a lot more worthwhile because of all the data that you get, uh, the benefits that you get as an organization and for your individual employees. So what can employers expect when they click on that button and, and start the application? Yeah, it's a great question. It's a journey into understanding the behaviors that produce more pleasant emotions in organizations and more unpleasant emotions, meaning human beings, we step back and think, what about what is workplace mental health? What is psychological health and safety? And, and the essence of it, if we want to create a psychological safe workplace, so these are places that remove silence, remove fear, are inclusive, people feel welcomed, that the experience that they have helps them feel empowered because human beings, whether we like it or not, we probably like to think we're all machines, but we make a lot of our decisions through emotions. So what the employer can expect is they can get an insight into what are the behaviors that the employer can facilitate, that leaders can facilitate, and workers can facilitate that can bring the organization together to be, create a culture that is psychological safe and healthy and thrives, that has all the benefits of productivity, traction, retention, lower disability. We know from the Russell 1000, there's been a study recently that showed that organizations that have healthier workforces are more profitable. So we're starting to see the the impact on financial. So when they press that button, what happens is it's we use a, a behavioral based tool that asks the employers for some questions to get an understanding about the organ, who the employer is. And they do that part. And that's just, that's not what's going to drive the award, whether you that you're are successful or not on the award. What's going to drive the award success is the evidence through the employee's voice, the aggregate of the employee's voice. And what we've decided to do this is that we want to create this as a, an experience that helps organizations move towards psychological health and safety from a plan, do, check, act, knowing that this is not about pass or fail. So this is about supporting that journey, having an independent resource that all the workers and leaders can complete the mental fitness index, which is the instrument we use that measures the psychosocial factors, the, for example, perceptions around work demand, psychosocial hazards, perceptions around stress and fatigue, all your existing programs you have today, just those are your protective factors. How are they working? Understand elements like additional protective factors like, you know, the perception of leaders being psychologically safe and inclusive. And so that during this journey, yes, it's wonderful to qualify and win the award, but the, the benefit for employers to get involved in this is that they actually can actually look at their workers in the eyes and say, hey, we really care about this. We're gonna have an independent organization, audit, give us feedback. You'll get, every employee will get their own report because we believe mental health is a two-way accountability. So there's things that the, the last line of defense for workers in the world of psychological health and safety is like in the world of occupational health and safety, it's 
PPE, personal protective equipment. In the world of psychological health and safety, the last line of defense for the worker or leader is personal psychological protection, their level of resiliency. The, so when a worker is feeling they're flourishing compared to languish, and they're going to have different experiences. So we have all kinds of data that says employees that are flourishing are more likely to self-advocate, more likely to um, be able to mitigate uh, workplace stress in a way that they can provide feedback. They don't engage as much in maladaptive coping. They're able to adapt better. And, and that doesn't mean the employer can say, hey, we just want to get everybody resilient because of, the employer also gets to learn from a report that's an aggregated report for participating. Every employer also gets an aggregated report they can use immediately to provide some insights on how they are doing today based on the employee's voice in regards to psychological health and safety. Now, what we do is we take, we have created from benchmarks based from population uh, data that we know organizations that hit a certain behavioral score are directionally have enough evidence that what they're doing is having some influence. It's very much like a plan, do, check, act. This is a getting a baseline, could be in part of the planning stage or it could be the check stage for organizations that are in them already begun their journey. They can get data to know, hey, we may not be all the way, but they have potential to qualify for, we have bronze, silver, different levels that they can move along a continuum to know where they're at. Organizations with, that have the highest mental fitness index score, which is, a, which is a composite score of what the employee perceives, their behaviors, their reporting about programs, benefits to them, how it's helping them with their experience in the workplace and the outcome variables like presentism, uh, presentism, discretionary effort, incivility, those types of things. We have those variables that predict an organization. So we have a really good idea for, based through the employee's voice where employers are at. And candidly, Todd, when we created this instrument, you know, having, you know, the, the, the endorsement and recognition of or credible organizations like Excellence Canada, who were, you know, we're promoting each other's award now, which we have, you know, we can put a document with this podcast, as well as, you know, the Mental Health Commission suggesting and other organizations like Green Shields and University of New Brunswick that we're doing something that directionally can help organizations engage in this conversation to get a baseline or to check where they're doing in very, very short order. And I think the part I wanna really anchor for employers who are thinking about this is that yes, qualifying and having on your website that you've got this award sends a signal to, to in the world of attracting workforce or retaining workforce that you deeply care about this. But in participating in this, as you make the journey, it's also a signal to your existing workforce that you're committed to it. And, and at the genesis of workplace learning, as Amy Edmondson would suggest, is that you're 
open to a learning culture and you're open to learning and, and struggling and working through the challenges of discovering how to create a psychological safe culture in really a time with unprecedented uncertainty that we still have a high dependency in interpersonal relationships. And I'll say this to you, Todd, is I think what employers are learning from going through this, the ones that I've talked to that have participated last year, psychological health and safety is just not about, you know, how many programs or policies I have. It's what actually workers believe is working and adding value to them and helping them come to work with a sense of belonging, purpose, and value. And when employers can focus on, yes, does every one of my workers feel a sense of belonging, purpose, and value, and be open that it's okay for there to be challenges to get there. But you can't do it unless you have facts. And that's why I'm excited about this reward. It's an evidence-based award. It's, there's nothing subjective about this. It's based on the employee's voice, period, the end. Yeah, and I think that employee's voice um, portion is, is so important. I, I know that, you know, when we first started looking at this stuff, I looked at the, the mental fitness index and I, and I took it myself, right? I went through it, I answered the questions um, and I was, um, you know, I wouldn't say I was surprised, but I was impressed at how accurate it was. Like when I, when I saw the score, when I read the narrative, um, it really resonated with me and it gave me some really inf interesting information. And, you know, I also had our HR teams um, kind of go through it as well uh, here at Annex Business Media. And the same thing, like, I, you know, they, they took it, they're like, oh, this, it's so interesting, like what they got out of it as an individual. And I think that's what makes uh, this program, you know, especially from an editorial point of view or from a, from a media standpoint, so interesting is that you know, it's real data from from your employees that 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 you're able to kind of tap into uh, and, and kind of get a sense. So you, your employees get something out of it, right, in terms of the report they get. Um, but as an organization, you also get something interesting, too. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, from your perspective, Bill, mm -hmm. at the end of this, what 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 can the employer do with this information? Obviously, you know, they don't they get aggregated information. They don't get anything that identifies the individual. but they get this, this, I guess it's a dashboard is the best way to describe it, right? A hundred percent. So, so regardless of an organization wanted to adapt or adopt the CSA standard, 50% of organizations in Canada have heard of, you know, mental health commission and CSA came together and they created what's called Z1008. And this standard provides a beacon for you know, what organizations can do to become a psychological health and safe, in other words, reduce mental harm, promote mental health. So part of that journey is the importance of getting meaningful data. And they'll talk about what are called risk assessments and so risk assessment, understand or hazard assessment, even better, understanding what are the hazards in my organization that could be creating mental harm and what are the things that we're doing, protective factors that are promoting mental health? So what this tool does is that the employer on the dashboard would be able to say, okay, here are factors, like for example, isolation is a psychosocial factor. When employees feel isolated and a barrier and not connected to social and feel, and that reduces the sense of belonging. 
that isolation if frequency, duration, and intensity can show up as a hazard called loneliness. So they now can start to say, okay, what percentage of our workers feel this? And then they get stigma. Stigma is that barrier that blocks people because they feel they may be judged or devalued to, from seeking help, from help-seeking behavior, engaging, asking for help. So employers in this dashboard, Todd, get very specific data that can help them say, okay, I know what my factors are and I got our hazards. And we have all these programs like EFAP and we have resiliency programs. We have extended, but we, we have all the training our leaders and you get to see, okay, we, we're doing it, but we need to move out of the check the box where we had a hundred people do it. We need to start thinking about, okay, yes, we had people do it. That's a wonderful experience. Is it having any impact? The check is it having any impact on their experience? We give them that data. Then we get to understand where is our workforce's competencies in facilitating their own mental fitness? What habits are workers today doing that promote their physical health or resiliency? So that we, in essence, know okay, what percentage of our population is flourishing and what percent of our population is languishing? Now, from an HR perspective, that's critically important because when I know that I have a 60% of my workforce languishing, then I know they're in a feeling blah, then they're spending more time on unpleasant emotions than pleasant, then their reactivity distress and their ability to handle more pressure would be mitigated. Thus, the results is they're a greater risk, which we show them for presentism, attendance, uh, experiencing unpleasant behaviors such as incivility, a risk for bullying and harassment because they may or may not have the skills to self-advocate or feel they have the supports to speak their mind or to get help. And so the employer can get all this critical data that can help inform them, moving the conversation, Todd, from, hey, you know what, we have all these programs and policies and I'm not trying to sound like a smart aleck, that's wonderful. But the so what is important for employers to start saying, moving from informed evidence, yes, we're doing all this, super good, yes, it's important. Yes, you're demonstrating the behaviors that you care. The next behavior to demonstrate if you care is what you're doing working. That takes courage from the employer. Yeah. Be, you know what I'm saying? For sure. I, it kind of goes back to that old saying, you know, what, what gets measured gets done, right? And I think mental health has been one of those things that for so long people have said, well, we, we can't measure it. There's no, there's no way to measure that. Well, there actually is, right? Uh, and, that's, and that's exactly what this tool does. 100%, yeah. you know, 100%. And I, and, I, and I think that if we can just let employers know that if they take a look at this award, I mean, we have with guidance and recommendation, I want to make sure I give it like we, this award, if you remember when we created it, the price point was much different. And through encouragement from the Mental Health Commission around how important it is to make this accessible for smaller business and make sure that we're not to try to make sure that we're creating an award that that any business or wants to get in data and to get their workers involved in it can afford it. And I think that's one of the most proud things I am is that we're, we're, we're providing 
at a price point that makes us accessible for small business in Canada. We're making it evidence-based data. We're doing all the work for the employer. And we're creating an ability where we can get employers to come together to share data because we'll provide the employers who all participate an aggregated uh, benchmark report. So saying, we won't say, of course, what employer was what, but we'll aggregate all the data. So employers can start comparing how are they doing against benchmark scores. And they'll get coaching, you know, as they go through this, you know, as for example, what I love what you're doing is we pull this together. We have a conference at the Global Mail Center where we'll do some presentations and provide some content. We provide, you know, you know, we're providing resources along the journey now by articles that we're trying to help with psych safety and giving eBooks and psych safety. I believe this is just not about getting people an award. It's about supporting people on that plan, do, check journey, because there is no goal line talk. There is, this is something that like occupational health and safety, which you know a lot about, is we're at the, we're starting to realize that psychological health and safety is not fluffy. We can measure to your point, but it's hard because you're dealing with human beings' perceptions and emotions. So it's just like, not like just simply putting a hard hat on. For sure. And you mentioned that event at the Global Mail Center. So that's happening September the 15th, uh, which we're very excited about because we, we've got that conference running in the afternoon. And then we're going to have that a, a nice uh, gala celebration where we get together, honor the winners and really share the, the stories of, of what they did, how they got there. Uh, it, it's kind of part of what we're calling the biggest night in safety because uh, we, we've partnered up with the Psychologically Safe Workplace Awards and uh, OHS Honors. Uh, so that's going to be a really, really fun night. So, Bill, I kind of want to ask a little bit about you know where we are right now in terms of mental health in Canadian society so we're coming out of an odd time I, I, I think you know you can't really have a conversation these days about workplaces and not talk about COVID uh, it's been you know two years <clears throat> obviously a lot of our audience they, they never shut down but some of them did some of them you know sent some of their staff home to work from home and what we're seeing now is is reopening people coming back to offices but we're also you know hearing anecdotally just a lot of stories about you know, turnover, retention issues, and, you know, people struggling to just cope. Um, how do you think we're doing as a society when it comes to mental health? I think under the circumstances, as much as people will say we're getting, you know, mental health is becoming a bigger problem. Yeah, of course, anxiety, depression's going up, suicide's going up. However, portionally, the, many, many people have, through this last couple of years of uncertainty, you know, for the, have, have really actually done pretty good. I think people may look back at this and realize that, that through challenges, times, resiliency comes from three ways. Experience the environment and learning. And we're going through quite an experience. So it makes sense for people to be tired because it seems we go from, you know, we're in a pandemic and then we're into civil unrest, and then we're into a war. And then we, you know, we don't, then the pandemic pops back to yet there's another virus. There's, there's, and then the economic and the interest rates going up, food's going up, gas is going up. And so lots of human beings are under a lot of stress. And what you're seeing is people are moving to what I call, the, they say the great resignation, Todd. I call it the great reset. Is that, you know, life is short and lots of folks are trying to figure out how to, carve out 
an existence that where they feel value, purpose, and belong. And I think what workplaces are starting to realize that workplace mental health is not something you're going to be able to do off the side of the desk anymore if you want to thrive. It's going to be something that's we need to put right in front of us as a, a just like oxygen. If you want to, if you want to be able to breathe, we take that for granted. When we don't have oxygen, we unconsciously start panicking and we worry about it. Well, mental health, if you think about it, that's how every worker experiences the world is through their mental health. And so if we're not like this is we're not talking about mental illness, that's where we're talking about degrees of functioning. Like I've seen patients for over 30 years. I'm not talking about pathology. I'm talking about the lens they see the th world through. And if we if we're spending a lot of time where we feel like we're haggard and stressed and uncertain and worried and we don't feel safe we don't feel this or we don't feel valued then what can happen to us and what people need to realize is that there's lots of people who feel that there, there might be you know because someone doesn't agree with them they might say well they don't or i don't get my way or they ask me questions that i don't want to answer some people that are struggling might think well i'm being bullied or pushed or challenged we're at a point where people are are tired and there's a lot of sensitivity and there's a lot of concern and with that the constant employers can do is say hey we, we, we're, we don't know if there's such a thing as perfect but what do we actually demonstrate if we're going to make a commitment to start learning it's because all of us all of us you know you and i were talking with this todd myself included we need to make decisions of spending our time where we feel valued and where we feel a sense of contribution. And, and, and employers are actually starting to focus more on that unique experience of each individual, which it takes, yes, it takes energy and time, but the reward based on all the data that's trending, the return on investment of getting employees who fit in two buckets, come to work with purpose, belonging, or valued, or come to work because I need a paycheck. CEOs are starting to get that they have two buckets. Preserve the ones that are coming with purpose, value, and belonging. Maintain that and discover how we can help folks who may not feel connected, may not feel valued, may not feel purpose, may not feel safe, may not feel included, may not feel understood, like a neurodivergent worker, that's one out of seven, who has a different filter and actually they, they process information different who often feel ostracized or feel devalued and live in a constant state of judgment like we, we can do better and i think that's what this whole conversation is discovering how to do that a little bit better and i think this award what i've said is a great big concept but this award helps employers going back to your thing hey i have a self-serve model tool helps me generate the all the the whole experience online it's really user friendly all my communications i can collect all this data i can give my workers the opportunity to self reflect to get their own report as you shared i get a dashboard and that's a whole lot of benefit for me step one even if they don't get win an award you know so i know lots of people might be motivated for that but I just know where I'm at 
that's value. And then if they move towards an award, that's evidence to their workforce they care. If they win an award, that's value. They're actually living and doing what they say by through the employee's voice. And they do that year over year, they're, they're going to have an opportunity to evolve because it's just like physical health. There's no goal line. There's no end. For sure. You, you kind of just answered this in a way, but I, I want to kind of just look at it through a different lens for a second. Um, you know, a, a lot of the audience that, that we talk to, you know, you know HR professionals, OHS professionals, C-suite, uh, the ones that are engaged in this content, frankly, understand it. Um, so if they've got like 30 seconds, I'll use the cliche of an elevator pitch. If they've got 30 seconds on the elevator with a CEO who is very reluctant to, to you know, take mental health seriously or doesn't think it's the employer's place or, or they, you know, that's something for the worker to work on outside of hours. What's your message to, the, to that leader who is reluctant to, to see this as their problem? I, I would say to them the following. I said, first of all, are you interested or care about your employee's experience in the workplace? If they say no, it's a different conversation. The majority of leaders would say yes. And what to start with for us to get your before we get to the elevator speech is we need leaders. This award is for organizations that they care and value the employee's experience. And then they can say, so how can this award help me? This award will give you data and insights and an experience to understand how well your organization is moving towards creating a psychological safe workplace, as well as it will engage your workforce in that conversation and facilitate a two-way accountability where it's not everything that the employer does. It's, employers can offer 100 programs. Information is useless unless employees and workers and leaders are using the program. So it helps employers understand is what are we doing working and is what are we doing being valued by the worker? And, and we can discover and learn from this information that we can apply to evolve our mental health strategy or employee experience strategy. That's really it, but it comes back. It's really important, Todd. It's, it's gonna be super difficult to get someone interested in this award if they don't care about their workers. Yeah, that 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 for sure is the bottom line. Well, Bill, I appreciate your time today. Thanks Thank so much you. for joining us. I'm looking forward to uh, September 15th at the Globe Mail Center. That's going to be a great night, uh, a great afternoon as well in terms of, of learning. Um, so I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks, man. Look forward to it. Thanks for all the good stuff you, uh, Atala Canada and OHS Magazine are doing is amazing work. Thanks, Bill. Take care. We, we will talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to The Talent Show, the podcast by Talent Canada. To hear more of our episodes or to find the latest workplace headlines from across the country, visit talentcanada.ca.